Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Transform Podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am your host, Stephanie Zeller. My mission with this podcast is to simplify and distill the process of transformation, give you insights and tools to make the process quick and easy for you. I've been hearing from a lot of listeners that just by listening to the episodes, they are seeing transformation in their own life. It's getting the wheels turning in their mind, which is really what I'm aiming to do. So that's just wonderful. And thank you so much for everybody that has been reaching out to me and telling me that the podcast has been moving you. Today's episode is a little bit about boundaries and kind of what to do when we get into family or friend situations, because there's always some interesting things that can come up, possible tension, etc., especially when it comes to family gatherings. So the holidays are approaching, if you are indeed listening to this as the holidays are approaching. But I have made this podcast episode applicable to anybody that picks up this episode at any point in time. But I think it's especially timely with Thanksgiving and Christmas approaching. I hope that this episode is deeply helpful to you. If it is, and you know somebody else that it would be helpful for, it would be amazing if you could pass it on to them. Sharing is caring, everyone. Sharing is caring. And as always, I love hearing from all of you. If this podcast is meaningful to you, please reach out to me. I just I just love hearing from you. You can find ways to connect with me in the show notes. So let's just dive right in. Without further ado, please enjoy today's episode of Transform. Hello, friends. Here we are again, back for another episode. Ah, recording the podcast is my favorite thing. I'm so happy to be back. Took a couple weeks off, but here I am. Why did I take a couple weeks off? Well, I have been in the middle of launching a workshop, Your Life's Work, which is a six-month accelerator to find your deepest soul's calling and to be an expression of that in the world. And while I've been doing this, it's been taking up a lot of my space, time, and energy. And I just haven't had the proper space and time to really honor this podcast and give a heartfelt episode. So that's why I have decided to take space because for me, quality over quantity. Am I right? Today, I want to talk about relationships, though. I want to take a little bit of a U-turn from the last few episodes, which have been more kind of a, what do we do in the world? How do we work? How do we enjoy the process of our work? And now I want to shift into relationships because Thanksgiving is coming up and a lot of us are going to be around people, family, maybe close friends, partners, our partner's family. And I think it's good to take some time and space to reflect on those relationships before a intense time like the holidays. How do you feel after the holidays? If you spend time with family over the holidays, how do you feel? Do you feel full? Amazing? 
lit up, connected? Or do you feel like you need a holiday from the holiday? Do you feel like you need a little vacation, a couple days to recuperate, to call back your energy, to filter out some of the intense energy that you may have just experienced with your family? Or maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe you're grateful for your family. You feel filled up in some ways, but in other ways, you're also feeling a little bit fatigued. So I want to talk about three things that can happen with family and how to respond in these three different situations. The first situation I want to talk about is if you feel a little bit of anxiety before being around family and maybe you don't feel like with your family you can be your full authentic self or you have to fit into a certain box and then maybe when you after the holidays after you've been around your family you feel a little bit fatigued so that's situation one i would call this maybe the most contentious situation where there's a little tension with your family things aren't 100 percent flowing and so there's a little bit of anxiety around seeing them during the holidays. Situation two is where things are pretty much flowing. Things are good with the family. But there's a couple of issues that might come up. A couple of things that maybe about your life that you don't want to talk about. A couple of, of maybe decisions that you're trying to make. Just one or two maybe issues that you feel uncomfortable with talking to certain family members about. So everything flows, everything feels really good, but then there's one or two things that may come up when you are with certain family members that you would rather avoid deep down, right? And then for situation three, what I want to talk about is if you are one of those people that feels what I might call a intense energy overload around the holidays or around getting, uh, being with a bunch of people or, or friends, friends or family, because this episode technically can apply to any time you get together with family or a group of friends. The way that I'm going to be presenting this information, this episode can definitely apply to times outside of holidays, but this episode is falling right before Thanksgiving, and then directly after will be Christmas. So I thought I would put it in the context of the holiday. But of course, anytime that you listen to this episode, this applies to just being around your family members or a group of friends. So if you are somebody in situation three that just feels a intense amount of energy or emotional overload, it's kind of like it moves the energy or the emotions goes beyond your capacity or your tolerance when you are with family or with friends, I want to talk about that situation and what to do. Some key insights or some things that you, some tools that you can maybe use to mitigate or decrease the intensity of your feelings, emotions, or that energy. Okay, so let's break down situation one. This is you if you ever find yourself a little bit anxious, a little bit tense before hanging out with a big group of friends or your family. And then when you are with them, 
you may be on a little bit of a hairpin trigger. You may be more easily triggered. We are all more easily triggered by our family. They know how to push our buttons. We tend to have a greater sensitivity to family members. And so it's easier for us to be triggered by family and the things that they say or do. If you feel a little tension or anxious energy before seeing your family, and then when you're with them, it's as if they don't see you. They don't see you fully. They are maybe not leaving space or room for you to have evolved. Perhaps you've changed in the, a lot in the last couple of years, or perhaps you are in right now the process of change or transformation. But when you're with your family or this group of friends, it's as though they're not leaving space for you and they're not maybe even interested in your transformation. And then when you're with them, it's almost as if you have to navigate that. You have to navigate their responses to you. You are afraid of the way that they may respond if you tell them certain things. And then when you leave them, you are likely to feel fatigued, exhausted, like you need time and space to recover, recuperate. Let's break this down as to why this is happening. Number one, if you grew up with your family, then they are the group of people that has the most stored memories of you, most likely. And when you're around someone that you have a long shared history with, it means that they've had a long time to wire into their brain neurologically, their perception of you. No one is ever going to perceive you 100% the way that you truly are or the way that you perceive yourself. They're going to perceive you based on their filter, their lens, how they're interpreting your actions and who they think, who they think that you are. So when we get around people that I've known us for a really long time, they have a very concretized image or portrayal of you in their mind. And unless they are really self-aware and conscious, they are the group that is the least likely to hold space for you to actually change. Meaning they make, they're the group that is going to make the quickest assumptions about your thoughts and actions, and they're less likely to be open-minded and even inquire about the changes that you may be making or how you are changing. There's a lot of assumptions. They're making a lot of assumptions. And so if you are in the middle of transforming, which if you're listening to this podcast, you are in some way, shape, or form. Otherwise, you wouldn't be drawn to this podcast. Your family may or may not be holding space for that transformation. What does it mean to hold space? Well, they allow you to change. They allow your thoughts and opinions to change. They allow your behaviors and your actions and your choices to change. It makes sense that we're going to evolve, right? I mean, you know, if we didn't, then we'd all be like 10-year-olds or 7-year-olds running around. We all should evolve. But the interesting thing is when it comes to a tribe, like a family or a close-knit group of friends, we tend to, when we are with those people, have sort of tribal mentality. And a tribe is the, in general, least likely place that you are going to encounter people that 
hold space for you to change because they want you to be like them in the tribe. Now, there are, of course, exceptions to this. An exception would be is if your tribe is particularly focused on growth and evolution, then that tribe is actually, they may actually propel or accelerate your transformation because that's what they're here to do. That's the sort of binding element, the ligament that is connecting everyone is transformation. But if your particular tribe, your family, or your group of friends to which you are applying this information is not prioritizing change or transformation or you know personal growth and evolution, then it's very possible and in fact probable that they are going to hold the kind of space for you that you deeply desire. What happens then is as you are growing and transforming and changing, you're probably going to start seeing an external shift in your reality that's going to be really, really fucking exciting. That's why people say that like evolution or evolving or self-help can be sort of addicting is because you do a few things and all of a sudden your reality around you starts changing. You start feeling better in your life and in your body. And of course, that makes you want to do more. Why wouldn't you? If you're feeling better, you're feeling amazing. Why wouldn't you want to feel even more amazing? So when you start this journey, or if you've been on it for a while, and then you take it back to your family, they may or may not hear what you're saying. Man, do I ever know what this feels like. Um, there's been a lot of times in the last few years where I've tried to talk to my family about how I've been changing, the things that I've realized. And it's like I'm talking to a wall sometimes. Do they try to understand? I don't think so. I mean, not really. I don't think that they are because they don't value what I'm saying. They don't value the sort of growth and evolution in the same way that I'm valuing it. It's So it's not interesting to them. It's just not interesting. It's like if one of my family members came home and they started talking about how they sell ice cream and they started telling me about all the flavors. I mean, how long would that keep my interest? Not very long. I, th- I think it's the other way around for them. When I talk about growth and evolution and what I'm doing in my life or in my work, etc., there's a haze that comes over them. So what do you do in that instance? You know, I gave a particular example, but this can be applied in so many different ways. If you're going home and you're just saying like, oh, I've created boundaries or I've made this realization in my life or I've been healing or I've been going to therapy or whatever it may be and you try and share that aspect of yourself with others, are they going to, is that going to be well-received is the question. Are they going to be interested? Are they going to be deeply supportive? Now, you can't control their reactions. No matter what, you just can't. You can't, we can't control people's reactions. But we can then choose what we're doing in response to their reactions, and we can choose where to go from there. Let me explain what I mean. What used to be the case for me is when I would talk to my family members, siblings, or otherwise about my growth and evolution, and I would get that hazed overlook from them, there would be a part of me that felt really deeply, I would say like traumatized a little bit, hurt. I really wanted to be seen by them. They had seen me in the past. They've seen me through some of the most, some of my hardest times. And of course, I desire to 
continue that connection and have them support me. And I wasn't feeling supported. And so that's deeply hurtful. And so I think the first of all, the most important thing is to acknowledge how you're feeling, acknowledge the emotions that are coming up that are stemming from their responses to you and who you are, who you're becoming. But then after I sort of processed the emotions, I had to really dig deep, which took me several months to years to really fully understand and start integrating. I had to really understand why is this hurting me? Why am I so hurt by them not seeing me? Because the truth is, people don't see things until they're ready to see things. If you think about the kind of aha moments that you've had in the last couple of years, maybe even some aha moments that you've had when you've listened to these podcast episodes, and by aha, I mean all of a sudden something is said and it clicks and you and you just realize, oh, that's what I need or that's why this is happening or that's why I'm feeling this way. And you have a sudden realization. If somebody had come to you six months prior to that moment and tried to tell you what was happening, it would be like they were speaking a different language to you. You may not have seen it because it may not have been in the right timing. Sometimes we need things to lead up to our aha moments for us to fully see. It's as though everything has aligned perfectly and now the, the new filter clicks over your eyes and aha, you see. We can't force people to see things if they're not ready. So if you're making a big change in your life and you're with your family and you're telling them about this big change, but they don't think it's possible or they don't see the need to change their own lives or they've seen other people try and change and fail, et cetera, et cetera. They may not understand your desire for change. They may not even believe that it's possible for you. And then they may be projecting all sorts of doubt and negativity back to you. Our tendency then is to want to convince them. Of course, that's our tendency. Because we want them to support us, because we want to feel seen, because we want to feel good about the things that we're doing. But if we try to convince before they're ready to see, it's only going to make things more difficult for you. If you think about someone that is in an energy of convincing, it's backed by a little bit of a fear and a panic. Why? Generally speaking, if we're trying to convince anybody of anything, it's, it, well, it can be for, it can be tied to a couple of different reasons, but one of the reasons is because we aren't fully convinced of this thing. When we start initiating new change into our life, into our reality, it's really delicate at first. It's sort of like you're in your home and you look outside and you see a bigger, better home that's 20 feet in front of you. But then you look down and you realize, oh my gosh, my home is 400 feet in the air. And there's a tightrope between my home and this new home. I know that I want the new home. So I'm going to start walking to it on this tightrope. And then you, you leave your current home and you're walking across on this tightrope. But as you are walking across on the tightrope, everything feels really fucking scary and a little bit confusing and overwhelming. That's what it's like to be in, in the process of transformation. 
In the middle of the process of transforming something, it feels shaky and unsteady. That's when you're on the tightrope. What you want to be doing while you're on the tightrope is just focusing on walking the tightrope, focusing on yourself and on getting to the other side. What you don't want to be doing is calling over all your friends, family, and saying, look at me, I'm walking on this tightrope, trust me, this is the best decision, and going on and on and on. Because what happens? You could fall off the tightrope because you're not focusing on what you're doing. You're focusing on convincing everybody that it's okay for you to be tightrope walking. I've learned this from experience, y'all. Trust me. (laughs) Oh my god. Like, how many tightropes have I fallen off because I'm in the middle of frenetically manically trying to convince people around me that it's the right thing. For years, I I did this. And uh, I've helped a lot of clients to navigate that terrain too. When is the best time to tell them about the change? Let me rephrase. When is the best time to tell the people that you suspect may not support you while you are walking the tightrope that you are changing or have changed It's after you have changed. It's after you've made it to the new house. That's called integration. When you've like really integrated the change. Why? Because at that point, you have no need for convincing because you have completed the change, the transformation. You have evidence that it has made your life more amazing. You know it in your bones. There's no need to convince anyone of anything. Because it's already happened. You've already done it. You already feel amazing. That's the time to tell people that may be suspicious or not super supportive of your transformation. That's the time to tell them of your transformations, if you want to tell them at all. Family included. So I say all of this, this little side tangent here, to explain that when we go to an older group of friends or to our home, to our family, and we feel like they're not fully seeing us, we're not being validated in our full capacity, they are doubting our thoughts, our decisions, that that may be the time to sort of take a step back and wait to tell them about your transformation until the transformation has been completed. If you don't do that, what you're going to do is deplete your energy Because you're going to be convincing, they're going to be giving you resistance. And by the way, their resistance does not mean that you're wrong. It just means that they don't understand what you're doing. They can't see the wisdom in what you're doing. So they're going to be doubting you and your intuition and your heart's longing and all the things. And that's going to drain you. And that's why you're going to leave fatigued. So you're going to have anxiety or tension leading up to the event. When you're at the event, you're going to feel this sense of dread, like, oh, okay, they're not going to fully see me. It's going to be deeply hurtful to you. You're going to tell them the things that you've been doing, or they, you know, you may not even tell them the things that you've been doing, but just the way that they treat you is like the old you. And you can tell that they don't know the new you. They don't know who you're becoming. And then you sort of have a choice in that instance of, Do I just be myself fully, even if it makes them uncomfortable? Or do I fit into this box that they're trying to make me fit into? The old me box. The me before the change and transformation box. 
And if you fit into the box, if you sort of morph your personality to be who they are expecting you to be so that you don't make them uncomfortable, or if you're trying to convince them of your change and transformation, both of those things are going to totally exhaust you and drain your energy and you're going to leave feeling fatigued, hurt, frustrated, confused. Okay, so what do you do? Boundaries. Like if I had a flashing sign to put in front of you right now, it would be boundaries. You pick and choose your boundaries. Before you go to this outing to be with friends or family, you think through what do I want to share with whom? And you pick and choose what aspects of yourself that you would like to share based on that person's ability to fully receive you, to fully hold space for you, and to support you. Maybe you tell some people some things, but not everybody. Or maybe you you don't talk about the things that you're still tightroping on. And you just talk to them about maybe what they're doing. Or maybe you just have an experience with them where you guys eat, have fun, listen to music, play games. And you allow yourself to not need that deeper connection with them at this time. At this time. It's not to say never, but maybe just not at this time. Now, some people have no boundaries when it comes to family because that's what we learned growing up. We learned growing up that we have to tell our caretakers, mom, dad, whoever raised you, that we have to tell them everything. We think that we have to tell them everything. They raised us to think we have to tell them everything. Is that true? It's true if you think it's true. If you think that you have to tell your parents or your family or your siblings, your best friend, whoever, everything, then it's going to be true for you. Do you want that to be true, though? Do you want to have to tell them everything? Can some things be just for you? Why do you have to tell them everything? We often think that telling them everything is is the way that we feel love and connection. But the reason we think that is because that's what we were raised with. Okay, if I have pretty much no boundaries and I tell them everything that's happening with me, that that is love and connection. And then maybe you tell them everything and then they really shove their opinions on you and they tell you what you should and shouldn't do. And that's their way of giving you love and connection because that's what they think love and connection is. We get to define our reality. We get to define what love and connection really is to us. I would strongly recommend that you listen to the episode Love with Boundaries, which I think is episode three, because I go into this a lot. To me personally, I'm not interested in having or feeling the requirement to tell really anyone anything. I want to always choose who I tell things to and when, how much I tell them. And I choose based on if I sense intuitively that they're going to support my expansion or not. Sometimes I will tell my parents things and then I will tell them I'm not looking for a response here. And you know, if they say, well, you know, it's our right to give you a response. No, it's not. No, it's not. Nope. My life, my decisions. I don't need your input. That's a boundary. That is a boundary. So what are your boundaries? Boundaries conserve our energy. They regulate our emotions. They keep us in a container of safety. If you have no boundaries, if you feel like you have to tell everybody everything at all times, 
that's going to totally drain you because you have no container of safety. You're exposing yourself to everyone and everything. So of course, you're going to feel energetically drained, emotionally drained all the time. So in all three of these situations, boundaries are going to protect you. Love with boundaries is when other people don't take on your actions as their own. They allow you to be your own full autonomous person fully. See, what normally happens in boundaryless relationships is when you tell someone that you're doing something, they automatically internalize it and they think about how it's affecting them. And then their response is their own projections based on their own experiences, based on how your actions make them feel. It's not about them, right? Your personal decisions in your life aren't about them. But when we have boundaryless relationships, it's impossible for them to really discern what's them and what's you. So one thing you can always just constantly say to yourself is like, this is my decision. This is my life. It has nothing to do with them. Now, a really common thing that I've seen with clients and that I used to feel is you can't see that. It's like you think, but my my choices are affecting my parents because they're upset with me and that's my fault. No. Your parents can choose whether or not they internalize your actions. Your parents could say, this is his, her, their life, and I am going to support them no matter what they're doing. Or they could say, ugh, your actions, your thoughts, everything that you do is affecting me. You're making my life hard. You have to make this decision in order for me to feel better. That's enmeshment. Enmeshment. That's having no boundaries. That is a lack of them seeing the difference between them and you. Okay, so if you want some further information on this, I would just highly recommend that you listen to Love with Boundaries and then also maybe the episode How to Handle Changing Friendships as You're Evolving. Both of these related episodes are linked in the show notes. Okay, so in situation one, coming full circle here, if you are feeling any tension or anxiety before you are going to see friends or family. I would ask yourself, why, first of all? What's creating this anxiety with me? What am I afraid is going to happen right now in your mind? If you're feeling any tension or anxiety in preparation to be around friends or family, ask yourself, what am I afraid is going to happen? And in that situation, how can I have better boundaries? to protect my energy so that I'm not leaving totally exhausted and fatigued. That may mean that some people aren't going to get to hear about all the changes you're making or certain things that are happening in your reality. That's okay. Save that for some people that are going to fully see you and support you. What if that makes you sad? Oh man, I get it. I felt that way. Last few years, I've felt that way with my family. That's hard. So you grieve. You grieve it. 
And what you're grieving is your desired expectations. You're grieving, I want this, but it's just not happening. But I have to grieve it to move into acceptance that it's not happening. Because if I don't grieve it, and I just keep pushing and forcing and trying to make it happen, and it's just not happening, it's only going to leave me more and more and more fatigued. I can't make people change. I can't control people's responses to me. All I can control is myself and my own reality. And every time I'm with those people, family, friends, whoever, and I am trying to make them change, trying to make them accept me, trying to make them see the full, big, huge capacity, huge power of me, I'm ultimately giving my power away to them because I'm saying to them, I want this. And if you don't give this to me, then I'm going to feel fatigued, overwhelmed, incomplete. So how can I take my power back? I can take my power back with boundaries, with consciously choosing before I see these people, what I'm going to do, how much of myself I'm going to sort of let them see, or, you know, how much of myself I'm going to share with them verbally. And then another thought here, another idea is moderating the amount of time that you're actually with them. Paying attention to your emotions and your energy while you're with them. What is my energy doing? Am I feeling fatigued? Am I feeling drained? If I am, maybe I should go step outside and be by myself for a few minutes, do a meditation in the car, run a quick errand home, whatever it may be. Okay, so situation one. Getting clear before you see them, what you're afraid of, how you can have better boundaries. Situation two, things are pretty much in flow with your family. You feel pretty, pretty fucking awesome when you're with them, but there's one or two issues that you'd rather avoid discussing. Maybe it's about your children. Maybe it's about your work position. Maybe it's about your marriage, your partnership, whatever it may be. You would just rather not discuss with them. Guess what I'm going to recommend for you? Boundaries. Same thing. Yeah. You get to choose who you tell things to. You get to choose what parts of yourself that you are sharing with people. If you don't share everything, does it mean you don't love them? Well, let me ask you. Is that what it means? Deep down, you know the truth. If you don't share with your parents, like what's going on in your sex life, Does that mean you don't love your parents? No, of course not. And you may be like, what? My sex life. But, you know, that goes with anything. It goes with everything. You can choose not to share something with someone, and that doesn't mean you don't love them. Now, sometimes, because we've been raised to think that we have to share everything with everyone... We may feel guilt or shame for not telling someone something. We may feel like we're somehow withholding and that can make us feel guilty and make us feel like we're not showing love. And so what we do in those moments is we check ourselves. We ask ourselves the question, well, wait, does it, does it really, is that true that I don't love this person if I don't share this thing with them? No, it's not. So why am I feeling this way? Because that's just old programming. That was the way I was raised to think, but that's not true. So I'm going to change that programming by choosing differently. And if I'm feeling like I need to show them other ways that I love them, then I can do that. I can sort of compensate. Maybe I can tell them I love them. 
if they ask me directly about this thing that I don't feel like sharing, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, right now I'm in the middle of processing and I don't feel like talking about that thing. Right now I'm in the middle of changing that thing. Right now I don't feel like I have the energy or the bandwidth to discuss that thing. Right now I don't feel comfortable talking about that thing. Put it into your own words, something that you can feel confident in saying and then say it and then hold the fucking line hold the boundary hold the pose one thing that i used to always say you know when my boyfriend and i started dating he had really really poor boundaries <laughs> i don't think he would mind me telling everybody that uh but he didn't have great boundaries and so the way he didn't have great boundaries is he would always want me to like think like him or have I just started laughing to myself thinking he's probably going to listen to this episode and it's going to be like a wh what <laughs> but a lot of times he wanted me to think the same way as him so we would get into these discussions and I would say this is what I think this is my opinion and then he would start trying to convince me and I would feel like an energetic shift between us and then I would just say hard stop hard fucking stop we're not talking about this anymore now does did I do that because I want us to have the same opinions or I want him to think like me? Absolutely not. I didn't mind that he had a different opinion. What I was doing was I was stopping this weird energy that he was throwing at me that I needed to think like him. And that's oftentimes what happens with our friends and family is we will tell them what's going on or they will ask about a certain situation. And why are they asking? Because they want us to think like them. They want us to do what they think that we should or whatever it may be. You know, you feel in your body and your bones that they're about to push something onto you that you don't really want to be experiencing. And that's where the hard stop comes in. So I what I would do with my boyfriend is I would just literally say hard stop. I'm not discussing this any longer. Be firm in your language and in your boundary and people will respect the firmness. When people aren't respecting your boundary, it's because they sense that you are doubting your boundary. And so they will keep pushing. It's just like a toddler. A toddler is always trying to figure out his or her boundaries, their boundaries. And so they're going to keep pushing, keep pushing until they learn. That's what's going to happen with friends and family. It's always, always harder to set boundaries with family. If you have any closeness to your family at all, it's going to be harder to set boundaries with family than it is anywhere else in your life. That's why it's great practice. Yay. Get excited. When you can set boundaries with family, you can pretty much set boundaries with anybody. Really, truly. So you're looking forward to the holiday. You're looking forward to the get-together that's coming up with friends or family. However, there's a part of you that's kind of hoping that you don't have to talk about X, Y, or Z. Or that this thing doesn't come up. You don't have to be anxious about that anymore. Because you're going to set a boundary this time. And the boundary is going to be... We're not going to be talking about that thing. I will come talk to you if and when I feel that I'm ready. And if you can set that boundary, that will ease the tension. Last situation. For somebody that feels a lot of intense feelings, emotions, energy when they get with family, it's almost like you're with family, but you're kind of, you're, maybe you're very intuitive. You're reading the room. You can kind of feel what everybody's feeling 
Or maybe you have caretaking tendencies and you want to make sure that everybody has a good time. Everybody is feeling good. And you feel like for some reason that's your responsibility. And so what will happen if this is you is a lot of times after the get together disperses, you're going to be feeling exhaustion. You're going to need a holiday to recover from your holiday. So how can you manage that situation? How can you feel more contained, feel better, feel safer in your body, not feel so much responsibility? Well, first of all, I want to ask you a few questions. Number one, why do you feel that responsibility? If you're feeling that responsibility, it's likely because there's been a time in your life where you've that's been your responsibility, maybe in childhood, maybe it's mother time. But that's maybe even part of your identity. That's just what you do. Everybody feels good around you. It makes you feel seen, validated when you are that person. Okay. How does it make you feel being that person? And answer honestly. And it very well could make you feel more than one feeling. Maybe you feel good being that person. Maybe there's like some pride there. You feel valued, you feel seen, you feel good, you feel important, but maybe you also feel fatigued. Maybe you also feel overwhelmed. Maybe you also feel a sort of intensity. Okay, so first question, why do you feel that responsibility? Two, how does it make you feel? And three, if you could choose the perfect situation, the perfect scenario, what would your responsibility actually be? Deep down, deep, deep down, dig deep. What would you actually be choosing for you? And then I want you to evaluate what you would choose versus what you actually do. There's going to be at least a minor discrepancy between the two. And then there's going to be a part of you that is feeling like you have to do what you think you have to do and not what you would like to do. And that part of you is going to have all sorts of reasons as to why you should or you have to be the person that does X, Y, or Z, which is totally going to overwhelm you. It has every time before. What is that part controlling? What is that part trying to help you with or trying to help you avoid feeling? If you didn't do those things, would you feel out of control? Would you feel anxiety? Would you feel guilt? Would you feel shame? My point here is dig deep. Think about these things because as soon as you can start thinking about them and deconstructing them, you can make them conscious. And then once you've made them conscious, you can start to choose differently. Do I think the best way for anybody is to subject themselves to intensely overwhelming situations where they require a lot of time and energy to obtain recovery. Do I think anyone should necessarily do that? No, I don't really think that they I don't really think that they need to. I think in every single one of those situations there are some things that you can do that can alleviate that burden that you're shouldering. And I think that your life and probably the lives of those around you can improve by you releasing that burden. Now, if somebody feels really intense energy and emotions and they are putting a lot on their own shoulders in terms of 
caretaking or doing things or requiring things of themselves that are actually fatiguing them, what do you think the number one thing is that I'm going to say that they need? (laughs) Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. Right. Relationships in general improve every time if you set boundaries. Or they change and they fade away. But here's the thing, that is likely an improvement over boundaryless relationships. As I've said in a couple of past episodes too, sometimes when we start setting boundaries with friends or family, the relationship does go through a sort of metamorphosis. Maybe for a while there is a distance. Maybe the closeness decreases as you're walking that tightrope, as you're figuring things out. And then once you get to the other side, a lot of times they'll change, they'll morph, they will evolve into a relationship dynamic that feels much, much better to you. A lot of times I see, especially when it comes to family, clients of mine, friends, and I even did this myself, we don't put our needs first. We put our needs last. And so what we're actually doing is we're asking, what does this person want of me? And how can I give it to them no matter what? Because that's what a selfless person would do. That's what a good girl, a good boy, a good human would do. That's not true. I think a truly selfless person, this is my opinion, I think a true, truly selfless person knows how to take care of themselves, knows how to be self-contained, knows how to not project onto others, contains boundaries to create a container for themselves, a sense of safety within. They fill up their own cup first. And then that selfless energy comes as the cup of goodness overflows in love and connection with others. Does that mean that they subject themselves to boundaryless situations? No, that's not selflessness. Um, you know, in the new, in, in sort of the health and wellness world, there's a lot of like posts I see on Instagram about how the best way to take care of yourself is to be selfish. And what the healers and coaches and et cetera that say this are trying to do is they're trying to reframe your idea of what it means to take care of yourself. Because what a lot of us grew up with is that we should never come first. We, this was not directly spoken to us, but it was subliminally imposed upon us that we need to worry about the feelings of other people, especially those raised or identifying as female, you know, our feelings and thoughts and our needs never come first. It's like I'm reminded of the saying that I always heard growing up, which is we all have to do things we don't want to do. You know what that saying was implying to me? Your needs don't matter. You have to do these things that I'm telling you to. And so I see a lot of adult humans, both men and women, thinking that if they listen to their own inner needs, that they are being selfish. Who would you rather support you? Somebody that's totally fucking fatigued and burnout and not actually wanting to support you in that moment? Or somebody that's choosing to support you, that's fully self-contained, that has a lot of energy, love, and goodness within them, and they're choosing to be there with you? Yeah, you would want the person that is taking care of themselves 
first to be there with you because they're going to be present. They're going to be fully there with you in a really genuine, authentic capacity. And so that's what you should want for you too. Yes, I can show up for people in certain ways as long as I am taken care of first, as long as I've put my oxygen mask on first. Why? Because if I don't, I'm not going to be there in my full capacity. That's not the way that I want to live. I'm going to lose oxygen. I'm not going to last very long. I'm not going to be there authentically. So this is a really good time to think about relationships. And, you know, anytime before seeing family, friends, it's a good time to think things through. Choose consciously before you see them. What are my boundaries going to be? What is going to be off limits about talking to them? How can I show up and be with them in a way that fills me with joy instead of fatiguing me? How can I be my full authentic self but still protect the tightrope that I may be walking on? So I'm going to put a lot of resources in the show notes. A lot about boundaries. There are a few things that have made my life better than boundaries. And as I've said in previous episodes, if you aren't setting a boundary, someone is setting one for you. If you are one of those people that's like, I fucking hate talking about boundaries, or I don't, I don't know this stuff about boundaries. Okay, if you're not consciously setting the boundary, somebody's setting one on you. Like they're setting it for you. Just like a toddler, again, that maybe keeps throwing his or her toys at you and hitting you. If you don't say stop, that toddler's not going to stop. They're going to keep throwing them at you. Because that's the boundary for the toddler. I can do this. This person is showing me that I can do this, so I'm going to keep doing it. Because why wouldn't I? And one more note. You know, um, when it comes to boundaries, you have what I would call internal boundaries and external boundaries. Internal boundaries are things that you are choosing to hold sacred just for yourself. It's the things that you are holding back from discussing, like the things that you're on a tightrope with. It is doing the internal work to understand why you're being triggered in certain situations. And it's all about, internal boundaries are all about recognizing that in every situation, you're doing something with your own power. If you feel powerless, it's because in some way, shape, or form, you've given your power away to someone. If you are in the middle of a conversation with your parents and you tell them you've made a decision to do something and they tell you that you're wrong and you start getting fired up and triggered and you're thinking, they're taking my power away, they're not letting me choose. No. In that moment, the reason you're so upset is because you've given your power away to them and you're saying, you have some sort of power over me. Your responses to me are influencing me in a major way. I'm going to give you that power. I'm going to allow you to have a say in what I do. And that's why it's deeply upsetting me. Versus in those moments, if you can become aware, become aware that you've been triggered, pull back internally, observe yourself for a moment and say, whoa, 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 why am I triggered? How have I given my power away? Wait a second. My parent, my family member, my friend can have a different opinion from me. 
and I can still choose what I want to choose. And their opinion says nothing about me. Their opinion says everything about them, what they think, what they believe, what reality they're creating. And it says nothing about me. I know who I am. I'm confident in my decision making. I'm going to be okay, no matter what they're saying, thinking or feeling. So I'm going to take my power back and probably put a hard stop in the conversation and say, you know what? I understand that you disagree with me, that you would make a different decision if you were in my position, but I'm confident in my decisions and I don't need to hear any more about how you think I'm deciding incorrectly or about what you think I should do. And if they say, but you're hurting me by not listening to my feelings or you're being mean to me or you're who, you know, who are you acting? No, they're, they're choosing to feel a certain way. It's not your responsibility to caretake them when it comes to your decisions. Because what they could do is they could say, you know what, you're right, you're an adult. You're a fully autonomous being that is separate from me. You deserve your own life. You deserve to be able to make your own decisions fully autonomously. And I support your growth and evolution. So that's a mix of internal and external boundaries. Internal boundaries is really where you're choosing internally what you are and aren't going to accept who you are and aren't going to be around. What's happening internally to you, a self-monitoring of where am I giving my power away and how can I call my power back to me in those moments? How can I be less triggerable? And then external boundaries is where you then maybe put the hard stop in or you say, hey, you okay, you shared your opinion with me. Now we're done. Or you don't tell them things at all right now, at least while you're on that tightrope. Boundaries, I think, are the most confusing thing <laughs> to learn. They're so difficult. They're so confusing. I, man, it took me years to understand boundaries, you guys, years. And, and it was just like layer after layer of trying to understand them in deeper and deeper ways because I grew up with no boundaries, no boundaries. And I, when I first started trying to implement boundaries, I felt so much guilt and shame. I felt like a terrible fucking person. I felt like I'm withholding love. I feel terrible. And I had such tremendous tension and anxiety when I first started setting boundaries, but it does get easier. And the more you do it, the more clarity you have, the more you can start discerning what boundaries feel like to you. Because at first it's really confusing. And so that's why I'm going to add a lot of resources in the notes. And also please feel free to reach out to me with your questions. I would love to do another follow-up on this episode. So if you have certain situations that you want to share with me or certain questions about boundaries, like, hey, this is a situation. What do I do here? What would a boundary look like in a way that would feel good to me? Please message me. DM me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks. Or you can find other ways of connecting with me in the show notes. Boundaries are confusing, but they're the most liberating thing. Your whole life can change when you start having better boundaries. So I hope this helps you in some way before the upcoming holiday, or if you're just listening to this anytime before your next sort of group time with family or friends. And if you know of a friend that is in any one of those three situations, then please, please forward this to them. Perhaps something in this episode can help them and can make their time with friends or family more enjoyable, more fun, easier on them. 
Thank you so much for being here with me today. Until we meet again, be well, my friends. <laughs>